This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers, welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and if you haven't rated and reviewed this show yet, stop what you're doing and just go drop me five stars and tell me your favorite thing about the show. It's been a hard week, and I could actually use the boost. Also, for those of you wanting to be included in the upcoming giveaways, don't forget to go to the website and sign up for the email list. I'm gonna do two pretty cool fun giveaways coming up and I don't want y'all to miss out. And if you're wondering why I have an email list, it's because I am writing a book, pew, 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 all about my crime stories and all of the juicy details. And apparently publishers care about email lists, so I just figured, meh, I'll start one. Okay, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, I am so excited about today's guest. She has been my favorite comedian since her first Comedy Central half hour dropped back in like, I don't know, I think 2015, 2014. I literally saw it, loved it, made my mom watch it, which is funny because she is hilarious, but also super raunchy and very real. Anyway, that's all to say, I have been a fan for so long and I was just really excited to kick it with her. And I'm so thrilled that she was really open and very vulnerable. I adore her. Anyway, I could gush forever, so I might as well just introduce her. Today's guest is a hilarious comedian and one of Variety's top 10 comics to watch in 2017. You might've seen her on Late Night with Seth Meyers, Chelsea Lately, her own Comedy Central Half Hour, or The Degenerates on Netflix. She's also an actress in movies like The King of Staten Island or TV shows like Survival of the Thickest on Netflix, and a podcaster with the hit show That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. I am talking about none other than Miss Lisa Traeger. Welcome to Crimes of the Heart. Thank you so much. Thrilled I'm, to be here. I'm more thrilled to have you. Yes. Do you, have you do you know the movie Crimes of the Heart? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. And the play. Yes. I did a monologue Beth from Henley. it in my high school theater class. I would love to see that. Would you like <laughs> to do that now? <laughs> I wish I remembered, but um yeah, it was really fun. I think I played like the drunk girl. Were you camera. which sister were you? Oh, the drunk one. Okay. The drunk one. Yes. Major. Okay, yeah. Cool. It was um it was a fun I wonder how I found it, but yeah, I did Crimes of the Heart. Wildly. I love that. Well, we're about to listen to another kind of crime of the heart. Okay. I, I chose this one specifically for you because it's set in New York. Wait, but were you a fan of 
the play and the movie before this podcast? Define fan. You just knew. You, I knew you of were it. Fine yeah. With it. Okay. And I just thought like there was a good title and it is. You can't trademark a title. Oh, cool. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, that's why, like, um, you know, I'm already going to bring in Scandaval, but, like, <laughs> um, people kept being like, what's the big deal? People cheat. I don't get it. And my best friend was like, people get murdered for this stuff. Like, I don't oh, know why well, everyone's yeah. trying to swipe it under the rug, like, or <laughs> that it's chill. People will murder you. For sure. I've been yeah. cheated on. I'm, like, a perfect... I mean, the reason why I have this podcast is because I have, like, a black belt in rejection, a PhD in getting cheated on, and, like, well over 10,000 hours, like, in the pitfalls of dating. And do you always catch the people? Always. It's my superpower. I swear to God. Like, literally, like, this one guy was texting me we were like this is years ago dirty texting like videos and pics and whatever and then I realized he was using a fake name and I had nothing more than his dick pic photos and if you don't think that I found that man's real first and last name and then texted him and was like and by the way you're working on set with one of my friends you're crazy how wow that's impressive I just the thing is is I believe that I will find you and I will and like crazy stuff where I was on set once and I wasn't supposed to be there. Like a friend had just been like, hey, come by. And I came by and I randomly met this girl. We had no other mutual friends. And that's how I found out that my boyfriend had been cheating on me. And she was showing up like five minutes before or she was leaving five minutes before I would show up. Wow. It is like my superpower. It's a yeah, shitty superpower. It is because you have to get into these relationships. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you get off on finding it? And then do you have dramatic breakups or do you I cry? I don't. I mean, that's a great question. I used to. I don't really anymore. Like, I'm in a weird phase now where I'm, like, in my mirror era. So you get what you give. And I took myself off of all dating apps. Like, I'll do setups and I'm open to it. But I'm so focused. The only thing I'm chasing is money now. Yes, that's a great idea. Like, I don't. So things have changed. But the like past Rory I feel like I was so mean to myself like I wish I had broken shit I wish I had been meaner because a lot of really shitty people treated me so badly and I kind of just took the L wow just like Eeyore walked away yeah damn should we listen to the story yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm ready okay a quick disclaimer. Our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any time you need support, please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. I'm an independent woman who lives in New York City. I could go on a date with anyone. Why am I so stuck on giving this guy I don't know so many chances? This is Natalie. She's a server living in New York City, a place known for its history with the mafia and organized crime. And today, we're going to explore a different kind of organized crime, the kind that conceals secrets, lots and lots of secrets. So, where to begin? It's November in Manhattan, and Natalie is a few months into her new job at a popular martini bar. It's part of a restaurant group that has several spots in the area, and... Everyone knew each other at these restaurants. It was very, like, high school vibes. Natalie's at work when Lizzie, 
the operations manager for the restaurant group, comes in. She's responsible for payroll and scheduling and is above Natalie in the hierarchy of the restaurant group. And she was like, Olivia, I want to set you up with my best guy friend. His name is Josh. And she showed me pictures of him right away. I thought he was super handsome, like very nice Jewish boy vibes. But it's Lizzie's glowing description of Josh that really seals the deal. He was a wealthy finance guy with humble farm beginnings, a great family, and a passion for the arts. A real gentleman. I'm gluten-free, and he is also gluten-free. And I was like, oh my god, I've never met a straight dude who is also gluten-free. Like, this is so meant to be. In other words, Josh was everything Natalie was looking for. Like, checking off all of my boxes. So I was like, of course, I'll go out with him. An hour later, Josh texts Natalie. He wastes zero time asking her out. They make plans for a lunch date at Natalie's favorite gluten-free pizza place that weekend. It's Saturday, and Natalie's at the restaurant. She waits a few minutes before texting Josh to see where he's at. He responds with, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm in a soccer game in Brooklyn, and it's running late, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it anymore. Despite getting stood up, I wasn't even that upset about it. I like stayed at the restaurant and bought myself lunch. <laughs> A few days later, she gets an apology from Josh, asking if he can make it up to her. He tells her that he has a car, and since she likes jazz, he'd like to pick her up and take her to a jazz club. The gesture seems sweet, so Natalie agrees. The night of the date, I'm getting ready, waiting and waiting for him to pick me up. I don't hear from him for hours. Like he was supposed to pick me up at eight and it's now like 10 p.m. And I do not hear from him. I'm texting him, texting him. He's like ghosting me. And then I hear from him around midnight and he was like, so sorry, I was in a work meeting. I couldn't be on my phone. Tonight's not gonna work. Natalie's ready to write Josh off. Maybe it's just not going to be meant to be because it's like two tries now. I don't know if I want to keep wasting my time. But her boss convinces her otherwise. She reassures Natalie that he was actually working and that he's genuinely excited for their date. He feels so awful. He feels so bad. You just give him one more chance. A week later, Natalie and Lizzie are at a bar for a co-worker's birthday. So I texted Josh and I was like, hey, super last minute, but I'm at this bar with Lizzie. Do you just want to come so she could actually introduce us in person? And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So Josh heads out to meet Natalie. But when he gets to the bar, he can't find her. He calls her. Natalie doesn't answer. He texts her. Natalie doesn't answer. He calls her again. I didn't have my phone on me because I was talking to all of these friends. There are several rooms in the bar and Josh isn't sure where she is, so he leaves. When Natalie finally picks up her phone, I had seen all of these like missed calls. So I texted him, I was like, I'm so sorry, I thought you were just gonna come into this bar and, and look around and find me. Josh is not happy. He seemed pissed off at me. He was like, fine, I'll transfer trains and come back up. Natalie feels a little weird about the exchange, but mostly she's just excited. After all the back and forth, they're finally going to meet. 30 minutes later, get a text stuck on the train. 
As disappointed as Natalie was, Lizzie seemed even more frustrated. I'm like, girl, I'm done. I think this is the universe telling me we're just not meant to meet. Lizzie takes this personally and tells Natalie that she's being a little too critical, that Josh is a really great guy, and then she asks Natalie if this is about someone else. She was like, oh, what is it? Are you dating someone else? Is that it? And I was like, no, I'm just not really interested anymore. It's like clearly not going to work out. And she would not drop it. She was like, oh, so you're seeing someone else. Natalie politely ends what never started with Josh, wishing him well. In response, she gets a novel's worth of text messages sent her way. Like very like gaslighty vibes. Natalie deletes his number and moves on. But it's awkward at work. She feels judged by Lizzie, like she's let her down in some way, which is stressful. Now it's Christmas, so Natalie heads home to see her family in Vermont. And on Christmas morning, I get a text from an unknown number, and it's a picture of a guy's hand holding a bouquet of flowers. And the text was, Merry Christmas, this is Josh. Hope you'll give me one more chance in the new year. Her immediate reaction is, Oh my God, this guy will not let it go. She mulls it over with her mother and her sister and decides to give him one final shot. Fast forward to January. It's the night of their date and... I had a weird gut feeling something was going to happen. Natalie's with Lizzie at one of their sister restaurants, waiting for Josh and Lizzie's fiancé, Chips. Josh was driving Chips to pick up Lizzie so that they could take his car for the weekend. But Lizzie also had a sinking feeling. She said to me, I have a really bad feeling something's gonna happen. Like, it's raining and Josh isn't really a good driver. They grab a round of drinks and... 20 minutes later, literally on the dot, I get a text from Josh saying, something bad has happened. Don't tell Lizzie. We hydroplaned, crashed my car. Natalie's immediate reaction is shock and worry. But as she frantically texts for more details, a second emotion emerges. Suspicion. He said that they hit like a tree and hydroplaned. And I was like, are you, were you driving through Central Park? The facts weren't adding up, but one thing was for certain. Natalie didn't feel like she could keep this a secret from Lizzie. So I ended up being like, fuck this guy. I need to tell Lizzie that her boyfriend got in a car accident. Lizzie did not take the news well. She has a full-on mental breakdown in this restaurant. Lizzie's causing a scene, hysterically crying to and from the bathroom, while Natalie's trying to get more information. Meanwhile, all of their co-workers have started to gather. My good friend was like, let's get her out of this restaurant because she's starting to cause a scene. The girls do their best to calm Lizzie down, and she eventually heads home. Natalie wakes up with an emotional hangover. She feels like she's going crazy. And when Josh stands her up yet again, she snaps. Natalie calls to yell at Josh. This was the first time I had called him on the phone and his voice sounded so bizarre. He was speaking very slowly. His voice had like so much vocal fry and I just thought his voice sounded really off. But Natalie is so angry that she immediately starts yelling at him before hitting him with an ultimatum. 
you have to show up at my apartment door tomorrow at 2 p.m. or I never want to talk to you again. And he was like, fine, fine, fine. I will come to your apartment tomorrow. The next day at 2 p.m., Natalie gets a call from Josh. And he was like, I was in your apartment lobby about to knock on your door and I got really nervous that I was going to disappoint you. So I left, but I left you flowers in your lobby. And sure enough, in Natalie's lobby is a bouquet of flowers with a handwritten note that said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, Josh. She immediately blocks and deletes his number. But Natalie can't shake the last 48 hours. Natalie thinks back on her three-month textual relationship with Josh and wonders what his end goal was. It's not like they were texting for hours. They didn't have an emotional connection established. So what did he want with Natalie? I started feeling so uncomfortable showing up to work. And then I started thinking like, is Lizzie gonna out of the blue have this guy come in while I'm working to like ambush me? I started feeling very on edge that he could just show up. Then Natalie starts getting texts on her work and computer from an unknown Gmail account. They're from Josh. They were like, do you have any idea how embarrassed I am? I called my brother in Georgia and had him set up a Gmail account for me so I could reach out to you. I am not done with you. I need to see you in person so I can get your forgiveness. I will not stop until you can forgive me. It what truly was like an obsession thing. Natalie is scared. Who even is Josh? And why is he so obsessed with her? Her anxiety begins to rise. So Natalie turns to Google for answers. I was in deep. I was looking at commencement program lists of graduates at this college from like multiple years, nothing. She gave me his siblings' names, tried to look them up, nothing. She gave me his parents' names, nothing. Josh was a virtual ghost. It's like he never even existed. And then Lizzie drops a bomb. She was like, just so you know, Josh just called me and told me that his dying dad just called him and was like, go win her back. Natalie dreads coming into work and dreads the time she sees Lizzie. It gets so bad that one day, Natalie breaks down and tells her general manager, Kendra. And a few days later, Kendra finds a damning clue. She's the one that found Lizzie's burner phone in the office of the restaurant. Natalie immediately sends a photo of the note that was left with the flowers and asks Kendra to see if it matches Lizzie's handwriting. It was the exact same handwriting, like chicken scratch, matched up. Natalie? is stunned. Meanwhile, Kendra is searching through all of the Joshes on Lizzie's Facebook friend list. They find him, except that this Josh has a different last name and lives in Chicago. He's also married to a man. I feel stupid. I feel angry. I feel sad that I like invested so much energy into this. You don't know how violating it feels to be catfished until it happens to you. Also, I feel sad for this woman. Like she's clearly mentally unwell. Part of it makes me sad too. She would also discover that Chips was Lizzie's roommate and not her fiance, and that Lizzie had done this to several other women. It just was so clear to me in the end that she had mastered this. Like, of course she clearly did this to someone else. Like, she knew what she was doing the whole time. Natalie texts Lizzie one last time. I texted her 
And I was just like, I know you're Josh. Have a great fucking life. And then like blocked and deleted her number. Kendra tells Human Resources and Lizzie is fired the next day. And literally no one has heard from her since. When asked what she would say to Lizzie if she could, Natalie says, Why me? Like, why, of all people, why did you pick me to mess with? Natalie may never know what Lizzie's end goal was, but one thing is for sure. I definitely feel more cautious now, I would say, just in general. I have also learned maybe I don't need to give people eight chances. I don't think I need to do that again. <laughs> Why couldn't he set up his own Gmail account? That's such an incredible detail. Yeah. You needed your brother to set up your Gmail account? I mean, I guess it was her, but it was the girl she worked with the whole time. It's just really easy, right? It's very easy. I haven't done it in a while, Yeah, I don't remember it causing many problems. No. There's a lot of them. Unlimited Gmail accounts. Yeah. I don't know why she kept being so into meeting this stranger. I guess if it all worked out and it was real, it would have been really romantic. And I think that that's like, the, like... he kept setting me up. He and kept then, trying, yeah. and we kept missing each other, and then we finally had our meet-cute. Yeah, it's like a hopeless romantic thing, but I really don't understand giving someone that many chances when you don't even know them or it's anything. Ho- yeah. Because he's gluten-free. Like, that's what... That's that the only the thing. Also, by the way, that was the red flag. The finance and the gluten-free? I'm sorry, that man doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, because if someone has celiacs, I get it. So I thought, okay. but like, yeah, I don't know many people that are gluten-free that are, like, just straight dudes. Yeah. I think it's, like, a fake diet thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. A little like bit. On the journey to an eating disorder. I mean, I have autoimmune I have an autoimmune disease, yeah. so, like, they recommend going gluten-free, but a lot of it is, like, it's not about the gluten, actually. It's about the chemicals in Monsanto. Really? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But doesn't Monsanto make, um, I don't even know how that's how you say it, like vegetables and stuff? Corn and, uh, yeah. It's like the pesticides that are being used like on the wheat that gets made into the gluten. They're so evil. They like copyrights, uh, like their plants. Yeah, and I if know. the plants go to someone else's so farm, nuts. they can I know, sue then them. sue them. Yeah, it's the, it's the worst. So it's like, I don't know. But even still... Ugh, the whole thing is just insane. I've been catfished no. twice. Once a dude showed up and he just did not look like his photos. Like he and I got stuck on the date. It was like such a rookie move. It was like coming out of COVID. Yeah. And so I ended up on like a three hour long date with this dude and I was mortified to be seen with him, which is just, you know, whatever shitty on my part. And then the second time is like I definitely got catfished by a guy pretending to be nice and he wasn't. But that, that's... I think nice guys are the ultimate catfish. Well, but I don't, is that a catfish? Mm-hmm. But that's like everyone lies when they first, when they're dating. It's like the best it's version like, of themselves. It's like the boy who cried woke. Like, I feel like that's a type of catfish. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Like, I think nice guys, you know, like I'm a nice guy, like ultimate catfish. That doesn't exist. Yeah, that's why I think jury duty really took the nation by storm. I don't know if you watched yeah, it, yeah. but like Ronald truly um, became this hero. Yeah, okay. Which was really exciting. I mean, we still have time for fame in Hollywood to destroy him, and he might cheat on his girlfriend, and who knows, but that's that why so I think upsetting. we loved it. He didn't say he was a nice guy. There was no... He just was. He just truly was, and yes. it wasn't just to people he wanted to fuck. That's right. the whole thing. Right. With that's the whole nice. thing with the nice guys. <laughs> you're only nice to people you want to fuck. You're not very nice. And that's sort of that's my thing about like nice guys are guys who let you know 
that they're really nice guys. Like, I'm one of the good ones. It's like, well, if you have to say it, you might not be. No. Well, you know what? That reminded me of a pet peeve. I don't even know if it's tied in together or not. But when someone's, like, trying to fuck one of my friends or something or flirt with them, but then mm-hmm. I'm being ignored, I'm like, she's not going to fu- Like, you have to include yeah, everyone that's sir, sitting. I'm on the board of directors. <laughs> yeah. Or like, just, what? Or just human behavior. True. But also, like, I don't know I who you think you've been friend. texting with <laughs> for the last week, but it's not her. It's me. <sighs> yeah. That's true, too. But no, I'm talking like just out in the wild. Oh, not like even night out, whatever. Guys, yes. he's one of your friends. Yes. It's like you can't, we're talking, actually. You have to include yourself in what's happening. Our here. conversation. Yes. What do you do when that happens? I think when I was younger, I hung out with people that like, like really craved that type of attention. And then I would just feel really shitty about myself and sit quietly. Um, or like remove That's myself. That's so crazy. I don't see that for you. But I think now I don't really hang out with um, very many people that would tolerate or be in- turn into that. Do you call if I'm those pick me girls? Um, are you not into that phrase? I'm into the phrase. I I, I think it's maybe um, overused. Used, yeah. Because <laughs> me and my friend Kara on our podcast, we said some negative things about Taylor Swift, and then we got like our ratings oh, got yeah, that's demolished. A, I just want to say on this podcast, I'm 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 a Swift fan. <laughs> I am, Please don't come for me. <laughs> but that's what's wild. I've seen her live. I have all her music. Yeah, like, you're like, I don't hate her, but she also annoy. Like she's a person that annoys me and would annoy me. I think if I knew her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. They were calling us pick me girls. And it's like, oh, that's, that's misused. That's <laughs> misused. So yeah, that's not it. Uh-uh. I just think people are, I think girls are taught from a young age that your value comes from male attention. Mm-hmm. And so if that's like, and then if you got a lot of that when you're younger and you're taught that's like the end all be all, I understand the internal like desire or like need for that when you're yeah. out and about. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't blame, but then you have to grow out. You have to eventually realize that that, that that's not going to last forever. Yeah, or that it's not that valuable. Yeah, the currency <laughs> is like yeah, for sure. Oh my god, I know when you learn that you can give that to yourself is really a game changer. Yeah, like it could be fun, but to like I now it's mostly like when you hover and just join a thing, and it's like no, 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 we're actually hanging out, or like I haven't seen my friend in however many months, yeah, or whatever the story is, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I have very many pick me gals. I don't think I do either. I'm way too salty for that. No, I think most of the girls, I it's like um, you should be so lucky vibes. I don't know, but yes. I do know if like friends of friends or like acquaintances that. That is their goal all the time. Like, they need it. It's to just, like, try and go out and, like, have a guy hit on them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know that. It's just, um, I don't know. They must have had a hard time during the Cobes. <laughs> no, people <sighs> People who dated continue to date, and people who didn't isolated. I feel like I isolated mm. and didn't really do anything, and then people that love dating were dating. Wow, that's this so idea crazy. that people stopped doing it is they were FaceTiming, they were meeting in parks. Pe- people that love to date were dating. Whoa. Yeah, I was not. You were shut down. Well, I had a boyfriend at the beginning of it, and then we broke up during COVID, okay. in the middle of COVID. And so then I like went through a COVID breakup, which was... You know, not the best, but also not the worst. How long were you together? Uh, two years. Okay. Two and something. But we, we moved in after the second date. Why? It's a great question. I don't know. Because we just didn't want to be apart. And so he just, like, moved in with me. And Was then... he poor? Did he have his own place? He did, yeah. Okay, wow. But in the time that we were together, I think he was at his place maybe five times from the second date on. Damn. And part of that was, like, he 
during COVID, like, would go do something, and then he was exposed. So I was like, you have to quarantine. You know, like, so it was really, we, yeah. So he kept his apartment. I can't believe, but you were into it, too. You were like, yeah, of course, move in. Yeah, it's weird. I'm crazy in certain ways. I am in that way, too. I feel like I am obsessed and it's like immediate relationship or I don't really do, like I'm not interested. one or the other. Yeah. And then it always eventually blows up in my face. OK. Are you still <laughs> dating women or men or both or both? But I've just gone on a few dates like I'm not really dating or seeing anyone. And it's kind of been like a like a celibate moment. Like it's just been kind of depressing, I would say. OK. So we don't we're not loving it. Oh, no, I'm not loving it. I wish I was out there. But I I don't know. Like, I went on a date with this girl. It was fine. It's just, like, I'm looking for something really serious, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be, like, in love. Locked down. And so if it's not clicking, like, I'm just out. Mm. But I do follow this one dating coach, and she said if it's not a hell no, like, if it's not an absolute no, you should continue going on dates with a person. Mm. And I wish I had done that in certain situations. Like, I had a really great date with this dude. It lasted hours. And then I was just, like... I don't know. I don't, I'm not really into it. I don't really want to like, there was no like sexual chemistry. I was like, oh, I want to fuck. So I was like, not into it. Wait, I'm in that right now. Yeah, but so should I, I keep going out with him? I should have just gone on a second date, but mm. instead, I have a go-to. I just pretend that I'm having a mentally unwell moment. That's what I do. I'm just really busy. No, I go like, I'm sorry, I'm 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 struggling mentally. I really can't do this. Like, <laughs> I just kind of do that because busy is a lie. I think everyone knows busy is a lie. I know, but I feel like, hi, I'm lying to you. Just take it. No, but I follow this dating coach, and to the girl I wrote, uh-huh. you're obviously so hot and cool. I'm just looking for something serious. I don't see this, and I don't really have time for, like, a casual thing. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, I felt yeah, really yeah. proud of my paragraph. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really great. I love that. I felt cool. Yeah, this it's called a little nudge. Yeah, I follow you her, know, too. Okay, you yeah. do follow her. Yeah. I think she's so good. I... I like that she makes everything simple where people are like, I don't know, he said this, but I think that, but I don't know. And she's like, just ask him. Yeah, so I think, just like, for me, thing. I've been operating... Like, a lot of her stuff feels very, like, yeah, of course to me yes so like i kind of scroll past a lot of it i think because i'm like yeah that's exactly how i would handle it yeah no i i've learned a lot it's been really helpful in terms of like except i keep lying that i have like mental problems (laughs) i might but this one dude and then i like ran into him and i was just like maybe i should have gone on another date you know like why didn't i just because like right away i wasn't like so into it but do people I have bring the same up, thing as you, where I just want to, like... Yeah, immediate. I want to be like, oh, I want to marry this person. I know, but I'm trying to run away from that, because that, that also feels like that's... Yeah, that's projection it's and, like, real. maybe not real. Correct. Do people, because of, like, your stand-up, bring up sex really early? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. I'm noticing that now people want to talk to me about sex. Like, guys want to talk to me about sex. And After like, shows, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, after shows. My favorite is one time this dude came up to me and was like, just so you know, I make my girlfriend squirt all the time. <laughs> and I was like, great. You were like, do you want a cookie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, people do try to, like, after shows, I guess, fuck or, da- or something, and I just... it real. I don't know. It's yeah. not for me. It's a turnoff for me. Like, I had a guy last night, he he called me, and he was, like, asking me, like, about when I masturbate, which is not a question I, like, it doesn't, that's, like, I'm fine with that. But if you're trying to, like, date me, I don't know why you're asking me that so early on. Yeah. It's weird, right? I don't, yeah, I wonder if, do people plan it out? I don't, like, do you have a schedule? Well, no, that's what I was kind of saying. <laughs> he was like, do you masturbate before you go to sleep? And I was like, sometimes? Like, sometimes, yeah, sure. But, like, other times, no. And is it the person that you mentioned that flew in or no? <laughs> <laughs> do I share that? 
I guess so. I was saying that last night I was watching, you're on a, um, a collection of stand-ups on Netflix called The Degenerates, and you have an incredibly funny set, and it covers the orgasm gap, the discrepancy between male and female pleasure. And as you're talking about how women are not coming, I was having an orgasm and also laughing, and it was the weirdest experience of my life. I'm obsessed. I love being part of your sex life. And then I was like, am I going to have to tell her about this? And he was like, yeah, you're going to have to tell her about this. And I was like, was that your way of trying to get on the podcast? And he was like, no. (laughs) But is he the one that asked about masturbating? No, no. no. Separate. 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 Okay. Like, the guy that asked about the masturbating is a guy that I went on a date with. It was a setup. Okay. Yeah. And are you into, is it blind dates or do you? It was a blind date. I'm not particularly into blind dates, no. But I'm at a place now where I just can't do the apps. Like the level of crazy that is in LA right now feels like we need to institutionalize everyone. Like it's wild. What's the vibe? The vibe is, I'll give you an example. I went out with this guy and he said, my ex is crazy. And I was like, red flag. What did you do to her? And then I found out, no, his ex was literally crazy. She found out we were dating and ended up in the ER. What, but that that's not his, that, you know. <laughs> but he entertained that for a really long time. Another version of crazy is oh, like. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm going out with people and they're like, I'm um, in slaw or I'm, you know, just things where I'm like, well, then why are we dating? In what? Sex and Love Anonymous. Oh, wild. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means they're either a love addict or a sex addict. And, but they're still dating? Yeah, which feels like, maybe... Do you have to get sober? Like, what's... How does that... Do you know about it? I don't know. Works? I mean, I know about it because I've dated people that are in it, but no, I don't know about it firsthand. That's so wild. I wonder if Pick Me Girls should go to love and sex addict. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same, the same, same situation same, or not. Yeah, yeah. You talk about being addicted to porn. Is that a real addiction? I don't think I'm addicted to it, but it is... Like, it... You know, on Chrome, it has your main sites. Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely in the main, main six. sites. It's like okay. Wordle, Kink, Pornhub, Vulture, you know? Okay. That's well. like maybe a BuzzFeed <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> BuzzFeed YouTube. Like, that's the main thing. But I honestly, like, I, I don't know what's going on with me. Like, I don't want anything. Like, I can't even master it. Like, I'm just not feeling anything. Oh, I life. went through a phase like that. I've talked about it a lot. It's pretty depressing. But also, I'm having all these, like, skin issues and allergic reactions. And it's just not helping me in any way. And yeah, it's yeah, taking yeah, over yeah, yeah. my life. Maybe it's like a hormonal thing. I've been going to doctors and allergists and I have all these allergies, but it's just like it's been attacking my body in such an extreme way. And I've like eliminated all of these products and ingredients from my life. Mm -hmm. But if I'm on the road, so like the detergent on the sheets of hotels are making me break out. Whoa. And so I I wear clothes now. And then I I was at my friend's house. And again, I just like inflamed all over my body. And it's it's like been, I don't know how to get rid of it. And it's been a struggle. Yeah. I had a doctor on here who was talking about when you have something like that, like think about when you have the flu. Like you don't want to fuck when you have the flu. At least I don't. I think most people. No. Right. And she's like, yeah, because your body is like trying to fight. Everything's going to fight this thing. So it makes sense that your sex drive is like gone because your body's trying to fight off whatever thing that you're dealing with. So that's what's happening. Once you fix that, it'll be the unlock. I hope so. Because I'm just not feeling anything. I don't even have a crush. There's like nothing. Mm. That's hard. There's I don't really have a crush right now. There's just like. I would like a crush. Nothing. Yeah, it's. 
It's sad. It We're failing. <laughs> I guess no, that's why when you texted, you're like, it's a dating and love podcast and sex. You're perfect. This is going to be perfect. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> you're like, my life is truly passing the Bechdel test right now. <laughs> yeah. I am just like watching TV all day and then going to sets and trying to like quit smoking weed. It's like an in-between period of my life. Well, okay. I did get a question for you about like, how do you get over a bad breakup? And I know that you've talked about one, the like one from forever ago. Therapy. Mm. I think therapy. But I actually got to have like um, a really special moment. So I got dumped. I was blindsided. And then I kept learning stuff because they were a compulsive liar. So then things kept coming up and like through conversations with mutuals. And I would say something and they'd be like, oh, wait, but that night that was happening. I was like, what the fuck? So it was like months and months of learning more lies, deception, twisted shit. And then, so that was really hard where I was like- Who did I even date? Who did I even date? Why was I so, and I knew it going in. Why did I go so fast? Like all of the things. And then they continued to play games and email and still wanting to be nice. And then- so insane. Yeah, so it just took me a while because I was really attracted to them. I was so into them. And then I was being just like manipulated in this way. So I- was depressed for a while, watched a bunch of Survivor, and then got into therapy. Thank God. Like, I vibed with my therapist so much. We had a great four years together. And she helped me. But then what was amazing, so I flew to London for other stuff, and then I have mutual friends with my ex. So I go to this big birthday party, Mm -hmm. and I see one of her good friends with, like, a, a cute chick. I assume they're dating. I live my life at this birthday party having fun. This girl comes out to me and goes, listen, we need to clear the elephant in the room. And I go, oh, what? And she was this person's ex as well, but more recent. And she was having a full mental breakdown like I was, like truly falling apart, didn't know what to do. Her friends are like, and so I was already two years deep into therapy. And so I got to stare at like myself two years ago and actually see like progress like in myself. And I think that's so rare to see like um, a psycho version of you mirrored back. And so I talked to this girl and I was like, you should just go to therapy and she's a psychopath and like that it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, But they were also dating in a chunk of time where this person was still texting me. And like I had seen them in the summer, that summer and like talked not a word, not a word that they were in another relationship. And so shady people really are shady. Yes. And what's they keep um, it consistent. They keep it consistent. And what's wild is Wait, what did I want to say? Um, whatever. But they're so famous now, and now they live here. And it's like, I haven't run into them, but oh, I see the billboards. Netflix will suggest. Oh, my God. Now I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But that's why I was with someone yesterday, and they started talking shit about this person. Like, I think eventually it comes out when you, like, fuck over enough uh, people. Yes, it does. And the internet is powerful. And yeah. But they are very charming and they're like sexy and so, and talented. So eventually, like, that's very alluring. Yeah. 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 And and I think she likes to turn straight girls out. That's the thing. That's, (laughs) that is what um, this person is known for. Yeah. Yes. Wow. 100%. Okay. So, and that's like the girl that I was looking at at this party. She was like straight forever and then um, was just like devastated mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this um, situation. And then I've run into their friends and stuff who have been like, yeah, they're crazy. I don't know what you expected. Like even their friends are like, yeah, maniac. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 
But um, so therapy was the unlock. The the therapy was the unlock because how long I was did you wait? A lot of stuff. Oh. I like. I truly. We like hung out one time, and I was like, "Oh, that's my wife." I was like, "I'm gonna marry this person. That's my person." And so that's not fair to the person either, because like I'm creating a narrative and that a, doesn't exist. That does yeah. not exist. Yeah. Instead of slowly getting to know someone, but also I was like, "We should be open. Mm. Like we live far apart. You're kind of slutty." And I and they were like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm all about you. But then they were like fucking someone that I had fucked. So obviously that person <laughs> came back and told you. Um, no, it was like a mutual because I was like, oh, I know this Scottish person. And she was like, oh, yeah, that guy, like, blah, blah, blah. And then told a wild story. And I was like, wait, 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 what? And I was like, and then I found out that they were like hooking up at the same time that this person was messaging me being like, I miss you so much. I can't wait to see you. I wish you were here at this party. Listen that. So your superpower is also you find out the truth. While getting like, uh, you know, fingered in the bathroom while like sending me photos from that party. Shit like that. When I was like, we you should we should be open. Yeah, you know, because I was like deep in love, and if you're not, you need to say something. Say something, yeah. Because I gave all the options. Like if if I was coming on too intense, which I was, there's a way to end it or be like, oh, I, that's not really what I do, or I like to do this. You know, I think the joy of it is the deception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people ha- that's like a kink. I think for some people, it's like yeah. that it's and they naughty. were addicted to my love. Like they should probably be in that little group you're talking about because Slop. I'm like a very loving person, and like I think they liked that. I think they yeah. liked how yeah. obsessed I was. Of course, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like a great gift giver. Like I oh. love fun trips. Like and long distance it's like the whole relationship. The whole thing is, is that fun trips. fun trips. Yeah. And so I you know, I was like thinking I'm in this romantic fairy tale. Was that the first woman you ever dated? Dated, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. I mean, not cool, but like what a journey. What a journey. What a what a wild <laughs> journey. So are you on the apps? I mean, not now, but were you on the apps? Or how would you, like, meet I'm, people? I don't think people, like, like me in that way. Like, I think I need to know. Like, I don't get the, I don't get what I want from the apps, so it's kind of hard. Or maybe I'm not putting in what I want, mm. but I don't really get the attention from who I want on the apps, so it's not, like, fun for me. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. But I, mean, I guess I wasn't while, either. I usually do the apps like to fuck on vacation. Like if I'm in New Orleans, <laughs> I'll get on an app and just like see what's up. But like New Orleans has the tallest dudes. Really? The tallest dudes. I got on the app. My sister lives in New Orleans. I got on the apps and I started screen grabbing them because every other dude was six three to six five, and I was like, "What the? Or F? are they lying? Oh, so New Orleans either has the tallest dudes or the most liars yeah. per capita." Yeah, Trixie and Katya. Do you listen to their podcast? No, but I'm I obsessed. Um, but they're they were just talking about like lying on the apps is so fucked. Like we're gonna see your short. You're gonna see your dick is different. Like yeah, you're gonna see you look different. Use your photos. Don't you want to be with someone that is attracted to what you look like right now? I don't know why people do that. It's like the same thing with the catfish that I went on. I just never want to disappoint was anybody. Like ten years older. And I've gained a bunch of weight in this past year, and it's like I updated you look my amazing. Fo- but I updated my photos immediately. Sure. Like I would never want, and I don't ever want to show up in a situation and someone is like not happy that I'm here. Yeah. I want you to see the photos of exactly what I look like. I'll be honest, I kind of like underplay on the app so that if I ever show up, they're like, "Damn, that's fun." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm fucking hotter." That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. But I had one person show up to my house that looked so different. And then they were like negging me in a way when I was like, um, you have to leave. Ew. That's like very Legit, early thoughts. I opened the door. Uh-huh. And she went, that's what you decided to wear. <gasps> First thing out of. Did you close the door? 
No, I was like, okay. You know, I just thought I was looking cute, like fun. But yeah, no, I gave it another like 10, 15 minutes. And then I was like, oh, this is not going to work. And because it was a girl, the rejection was easier. And she was just like, oh, okay. I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable. Do you still want to like go to dinner or something? And I was like, no. No, not really. Yeah, I bet that's cooler with women because like there's like such a risk. Like I feel like I'm always walking the tightrope with men and their egos so that I don't get retaliated against. Yes. You know, like that's real. I got negged and tricked like on a date last year. And then I was like, okay, well, bye. And he's like, wait, did I just fuck this up? And I was like, yes. Yes. (laughs) You can't like neg me, play a trick, like try to fuck with my fucking confidence. Like, no, no, I'm out of here. Like the whole world is dogging on women. I do not need it for my date. No. And we met in my hotel room bar. So to me, it's like I was kind of a, a sure hop, thing. skip and a jump. Like what is the reason to not be on your best behavior? Yeah. I think it's because there's so many men with podcasts talking about like how to get women. Okay. On TikTok. I think it's that. I know. I'm really scared my nephew is going to be a bad boy. Like a red pill. I, he's into weightlifting right now. Protein powder. This is a bad sign. He's bulking. And then he's telling me the comics that show up in his Explore page. And, you know, I think he's trolling me at times. And he is so nice to his grandparents and to all of us. So, like, he's he does have a heart. But Mm. I am scared that he is going to just be my father and just be a slut for decades or something. Your father was a slut for decades? Yeah, he didn't marry my mom till he was 50. And I was born like a week after they got married. Oh, wow. Okay. So he really held out. Yeah. And I have a sister that's 10 years older, too. And he was kind of, he wouldn't live with my mom or the child. Oh, shit. Yeah. This is in the Soviet Union. He was just like a fucking slut and a mama's boy and just like a man child. How do you think that's affected your like view on love and relationships? Well, I don't. I'm very anti-chauvinist. I'm like traditional gender roles are really fucked. And so a lot of my like disgust with the patriarchy or like just men in society comes from inside my home oh wow okay for cool. sure but to me so my sister is really funny she's like i want i would never date a russian man i would never be like our father mm. i always said i would never date she's married like to one no she's like i got married and i realized i'm our father and so she's kind of like this jerk no she's actually incredible but she married an angel of a man i always say he's the only good man i know like truly a mm an angel, the most thoughtful human being that I've ever met. Do you believe in marriage? Yeah, I want to be married. Okay, so not traditional gender roles, but you do want to be married. Yeah, I would love to be married. I'm like, I like I said, I'm very romantic. Like, I'm a hopeless romantic, mm-hmm. and I just think the idea of, like, wedding, marriage, commitment is romantic. Yeah. So I'm into it. And obviously, there's roughness. <laughs> like, it's not all, like... We're romantic, but um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're the a idea freak. of partnership. <laughs> I love the idea of partnership. Yeah, me too. But my mom cooks, cleans, does everything, makes me, my dad. It's like whatever he says goes. Like there was just mm. this one moment. Like he won't even put the dish in the sink. You know, it's like he's thoughtful in other ways. He's like a man born in the 30s. So I don't really expect 
much else from him. But like then he he went into the living room and like turned on a show that they were watching together while she did the dishes. And it's like not only did you not help her do the dishes after now she you're cooked, like cheating on her with the favorite TV show. Like you are you're so not thoughtful. You're not even waiting to watch this thing with her. Thoughtfulness it, is like the thing that I absolutely like cannot fuck with because I watched my my dad is like the most thoughtful person on the planet. I've told this story before, but he reproposed to my mom on their wedding anniversary, flew the family, her whole family out, got down on one knee and reproposed with a ring twice the size and asked for another 25 years of marriage. Didn't tell anyone. Was a huge surprise. My dad's the man that like comes in with flowers and my mom's like, wait, what is this for? And he's like, because I love you. That's so nice. And I just grew up with that. So I'm like kind of fucked because thoughtfulness is huge to me. Yeah. Yeah, I see some of my friends' marriages, relationships with these people, and it's like, did you watch Vanderpump Rules? A little bit. So there was, like, a marriage that just um, had a divorce, you know, recently. Yeah. Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney. Yeah. And it's like... She turned out to be the one that knew. She knew, but there's, like, a scene of her kind of crying in her confessional, and she's like, I just have to choose myself. Like, I'm done waiting for someone to come up, wait, like, waiting for someone to be more, like, waiting for someone to take my side and, like, be yeah. that person for me. I feel like I had that moment last year, and that's why I'm at the way that I am at. I was just, like, one fuckboy, too many, broke the proverbial, I don't know, what would that be? The camel's back, but like it's like I guess my back. Like I just like (laughs) it's like one fuck boy too many, and I was like I'm done, and now it's like I just have to choose me. Yeah, I yeah, I'm also nervous because I am very thoughtful, but like I have bad like I don't know how to cook. I don't I don't do things that someone else would probably want in a human. Really? Like what do you do? I'm just like a I'm really messy. Oh, okay. I'm really messy. And that makes me nervous. But I think we could hire someone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I've also, like, had really bad communication things. So I've, like, really been working on, like, being more direct and upfront and, like, That's wild. I would never picture that because I just feel like you are such a confident, big personality. Yeah, to ever, but, like, when it's issues, like I like a lot of my friendships have and it, it caused issues where like I will do what the other person wants. And my first relationship was like this, and then I resent them for not doing what I want, like codependent stuff. Mm. And like I don't want to bring this up; I'll just keep it in, and then it like it snowballs, and, and then, then it's you, like, huge. Pick everything they do. So what's how are you trying to stop that? Bringing stuff up in the moment. Okay. Or like day up, like right away or the next day. And this is not even romantic, but like in professional and like friendship and everything. Yeah. Like I'm so used to talking shit or complaining or stewing. And so like I really focus on bringing stuff up in the moment. Yeah. That's as it happens. So it's then so it's scary not at a big first. Deal. And then it's then once you do it a few times, I feel like it gets not a big deal. And then you're like, oh, I can totally do this. This is what like asserting healthy boundaries is. Yeah. It just sucks because sometimes people react wild and then you have to be like no you don't actually you can't like yell yeah i'm not gonna be yelled at for like at all saying a thing yeah matter of fact with no like other right silliness around it i have one question and then the rapid fire questions i love rapid fire i love a game yeah i've also been so sincere like fuck i am a comedian but (laughs) i know you are a comedian (laughs) the question was from a guy and he said if you were hooking up with a dude and they either like they had like some sort of like sexual dysfunction or the dick was like did not it was like unimpressive would would 
you give them another second date or no? Yeah, that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves in sex scenes in movies is mm-hmm. like when a dick doesn't work, it's like done. And I just feel like there's so much more hooking up that can be done even if your dick's not working. And so that's what's confusing to me. And maybe that's because like I'll fuck girls too, but like there's just other things to do. And then your dick can be touched in the morning. Yeah. Like hopefully your dick will be hard the next day. But yeah. like... I like getting fi- like I like getting fingered. I don't know. Like, same, same. Yeah. I like making out. Like there's just like other things to be done. It's so weird. I know, and that I, I think that's all in the movies, and it's guys' insecurities and their perspective because men are writing the movies. Right. So to them, it's like, oh, the dick's not working, and then that's the end of everything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, such yeah. a man perspective. So heteronormative. I don't know. There's like a drawer of stuff. Like I, I don't. Ooh, what's your go-to toy? Hitachi. Mine too. Yeah, the wand. Oh yeah, that's that's okay. That's how it came up last night. I use mine though, but I have a controller because it's like a it'll oh, like cool. blow my clit off if I just use it as is. What do you mean a controller? It's like a little box and it has a speed dial on it, so I can speed it up or slow it down. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. But mine has buttons on it. Mine is attached to, to the that. wall yeah <laughs> oh yeah mine's not the yeah yeah yeah. mine's like oh i should just get a new one <laughs> i bought a mini one so i could travel oh nice but i also i love when i'm in a nice hotel and i love getting in the bathtub with a wand no with the faucet oh oh <laughs> I was like, that that's seems like my dangerous. favorite but i wouldn't do it in my apartment or at a shitty hotel it has to be a nice hotel yeah sure but now the showers are so popular yes because of the shower heads of like really they're on x mode yeah that, that is yeah that is true i like what there's a wand but most i'm just not even feeling hor- that's what i mean like i have a whole drawer of stuff and it's like nothing i don't know i think it's cool to normalize not being horny as a as a professionally horny person like i, I would consider you <laughs> professionally horny <laughs> i think i was and then you yeah you had too many fuck boys i had too many disappointment and now i'm like done and now my skin's attacking me yeah so but like that happens like we i don't know you got you kind of got to talk about it and own it and be like this is like reality sure. i mean back to scandal that was the big thing he just kept being like we didn't fuck enough we didn't fuck enough and she's like i want emotional intimacy like i'm not your flashlight yeah like, what do you mean? <laughs> There's, it's, like, more to intimacy than just, like... I also had that, too, it. like, where my boyfriend, that's... So then anytime he would touch me, whether it was, like, he came up and touched the small of my back, I was like, fuck, he's going to try and fuck me. And it made, like, I my anxiety around sex grew so big. Like, anytime he was doing something nice, I knew it was just because he wanted to fuck me. And the unlock for him, had he known it, was, like, if he had started doing things where we would just make out and then he would stop... Or if he just was like sweet and physical or intimate, but then stopped, I think we would have had way more sex. But anything he did felt like it was like him saying, I I would like to have sex with you now. Because he was not nice outside of that. No, he was nice outside of it. But it was just, I think if you start to realize that anytime he's being like, intimate or physically intimate it's because he wants sex then there becomes this expectation well and there's like an anxiety around it it's full circle from where we started the convo it's the nice guy thing like it's you're nice doing it for a thing not just to do it and that is not nice that is not nice that's actually manipulative it's manipulative and maybe you're trying to be polite but right it's not nice it's not nice at all yeah should we rapid fire it? Yeah, I would love to rapid okay. fire. Killer move. What's your go-to killer move? In in bed? Sure. 
I don't even know. I have no idea. What's a killer move like on a I'm date? Humiliated. I don't know if it's a killer move. I like to I like to start hooking up like in an elevator or like on the way or like in the stairs or an um, unexpected place or when we're about to. Yeah, like I like um, I really like before you even get to a place. Okay, like the makeout um, horniness at at drinks. Or, like, on the way. Nice, nice. I think I like that. Do you, like, ever send the text or, that's like, um, I want to fuck you? Of course. Yeah. I actually love sending... I'm always scared that my life will be ruined. I love videos and photos oh. so much and texts. I, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. And um, my tattoos are in it always. Like, <laughs> it's just... The, the, the world has my stuff. Um, or... On the way to, I also like like a vestibule, like grabbing someone and going into like to a business when it's like open. I think like, bathroom, like if you're at a bar and you're like maybe in the bathroom, this is very hot. Yeah, I like that. I guess that that would be my killer. Yeah, move. yeah. <laughs> okay, killer date. What's your dream date? Mm, that's exciting. Um, honestly, like an outdoor, like a pat patio with a view with fun drinks. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Beach view, city view, rooftop vibe, drinks, oh. chats, hangouts. I'm like, I want to do that now. Yeah. And then maybe um, like a, a stroll with a joint after. Fun. Yeah. I Date think killer. Cheapness, rudeness, yeah. stuff like that. Like yeah. non-generous or rigid. Rigid. Yeah. Yeah. But the, that's not specific. But like, yeah. What's your weapon of choice? Silent treatment and being like nothing. But we talked about it. My communication yeah. is better. But yeah. just being like, just fully shutting down. Everyone knows something's changed, but I refuse to bring it up. Mm-mm-mm. I think that would be yeah. the main thing. What's one thing in your self-love practice? Saying nice stuff to myself out loud, like while I'm driving. Really? Can you give me an example? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so humiliated. I'd rather keep talking about killer sex moves. <laughs> well, one of my... No, know. I think that that's so awesome. And I try to encourage people to do that, too, because I really think that we... So my mom told me this thing once, that she saw a therapist, and they gave her a clicker, and they said, hit the clicker every time you have a negative thought about yourself. And it was like a 100 and something, and it was in a day. And then the therapist was like, yeah, you need to do that, except with nice things, because you need to rewire your neural pathways to love yourself, because you're just negging yourself all day long. And it's, it's, it is really hard. And it's also hard when you're trying to be positive, but then the outside world is telling you a different thing. Sure, constantly. sure. But yeah, when I'm in bed and I don't want to get up, I'm always just like, your life is incredible. You're doing everything that you've ever wanted to do. You know, like yeah. all of that stuff. Like your friends like you. Your you're family fucking is amazing. Babe. Your yeah. parents are alive. You know, shit like that. Yeah. Um, like I have everything. But my killer move, I don't know if this is a killer move, but I have been thinking, but I... I mean, I think I say this in my comedy a lot, but I like to get cummed on a lot. Oh, that's your killer move. That'll be my vulnerable th moment, I guess. Okay. Okay. Dope. Yeah. So I feel that's like fun. I like to see it. Okay. And I feel like people enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's rare. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, fire hose me. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think just nice things and counting every little win. Yeah. It's important. Like, even if you've done two positive things in a day instead of all day, or you fucked up, you know, it's like the, po the positive. Yeah, focus on the positive. Yeah. This is my last and final question. I ask everybody it. <sighs> what is it? What's the best dating advice or love advice you've ever received? I don't know. I've, I've been doing a bit about this. So I don't know if it's fully serious, but I do really like this quote that's make a list of everything you want in a partner and then become that list. 
So. I believe that. I totally believe that. Yeah. Like wanting so much from a different person. But it's like, are you doing these things? Yeah. What are you bringing to the table? And also, if you can give it to yourself, you don't need to go get it in somebody else. Yeah. Or like, I think that therapists do this where it's like, write what you want. And then they do it and then be like, okay, how many of those things are you doing? Did you watch Indian matchmaking? Yes. So, you know, the guy who kept being like, I need a fit girl. I need a fit girl. And then <laughs> he he was like, I do CrossFit. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Like, you are not in shape. Yeah. And what are you talking fine, about? Yeah. But like. Let's stop lying about it. You cannot be demanding it. And then he like bonded with that cute, fun girl, didn't care. And then he went uh, on a date with like, I don't know, like an Instagram model vibe. She was not into him at all. She gave him nothing. Well, and it's. And he's like, oh, we were so connected. It was just such a window to the male brain in a way that I have never seen so clearly where it's like you truly were giggling, laughing, like having fun with this girl. Right. Getting along with your siblings, everything. And it's. And it was cute. Think you're supposed to be with that. Who, who was not interested in at you. all Gave giving you, you crickets yes and him and he's being like, like mm, i think i should go for that i think i should go for that because like that's where my future's at and he was shocked she wasn't into him i know which is so weird it was i love india matchmaking and jewish matchmaking me too that show is amazing i love them both or yeah. he sucked though and i hate that he got who he wanted yeah yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. when he got that amazing girl i was like she's too good for you yeah a hundred a hundred but i just i love the woman i love the i can't remember her name right now but i love the host I it was more spiritual and less like cultural than the Indian. It was more like the Indian matchmaking Seema is very much like you get 60 percent. Stop it. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And for Jewish matchmaking, it did seem like she was just like, I will find you what you need. Yeah. It's about growing. I don't know. There was just a little more. I loved that. You're going to get what you want vibe from her. Which I, I like. think is true. I think everybody can get what they want. I do believe that. Yeah. I truly do. Yeah. Damn. I'm trying to think of other good advice. No, that you nailed it. Yeah, that's the Lisa. Thing. If people want more of you, how do they find you? I'm at Glitter Cheese on Instagram, and then the link tree there has like all my tour dates. I'm on the road in August. I have a podcast called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, mm-hmm. and we're I'll on link the road. to all of it. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and then July 13th premiere of Survival of the Thickest, Michelle Buteau's Netflix Which show. Which is going to be amazing, and I'm in it, and I can't wait. Thank you so much. I I guess I'll Thank say you. this Thank you. I hope publicly. it was fun. I feel like I was... I, no, I you always feel like such a disappointment on pods. Why? Because I'm just too sincere and in the moment and not being funny, and I feel bad about it. People can go watch your comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say this. You are my favorite comedian. Thank you. And I told nice. Baron, I told Morgan that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so this is, like, big for me. Thank well, you. Well, and shout out to you. I'm so bad at communicating and scheduling on stuff. And no, you really... Good pushed it and made it happen. I did. Because I was like, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm meeting this bitch. I love her. You got me out of the house into West Hollywood. Gorgeous day. It was so beautiful to drive. But you did it. Yes. You made it happen. Thank and I you appreciate that. So much. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm looking for crime story submissions. So if you have a confession you'd like to unburden yourself of, or you've been a victim to the perilous world of love and dating, please hit me up. You can email me at the email listed below in the show notes or DM me on Instagram or TikTok. I would love to hear from you. As always, thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday. (laughs) 